Have you ever watched a movie and wondered why they cast that woman or that guy? Well, here's our chance to give it a try. We're repodcasting. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Repodcasting. I'm Lucia, and joining me today, we have guest co-host Kyle. Hi, Yay. Kyle. Hello, how are you? Good, thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, this will be fun. Yeah, so uh, listeners hopefully will remember Kyle from our wonderful Little Italy episode <laughs> way back I, when. Oh, that's a blast from the past. <laughs> <laughs> um, but what you may not know is that uh, Janet and I also guested on Kyle's podcast, Putting It Together, which is a Sondheim podcast. It is a Sondheim podcast, so yeah. we are going through every Stephen Sondheim show song by song. And... Well, if you're listening to this now, we are currently going in through Into the Woods. Oh, great. Which is another movie I'd like to recast, but that's beside the point. And get his better director, but that's uh, maybe <laughs> a little bit shady in, in that regards. But yes, there's actually, because you were on the episode when we were talking about the movie of A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. Yes. Which is interesting, there is a bit of a, a through line from that show to what we're talking about here today. Big time. Yeah. So uh, today we are recasting The Producers, mm-hmm. the 2005 musical film. And it was already uh, like a previously it was just like a non-musical Correct. film about a musical. No. <laughs> um, this is one of those weird movies. This has happened a few times where there's a movie that gets turned into a Broadway musical, that gets turned into a movie musical. (laughs) There's a game at the end about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, so uh, I saw this movie... I want to say in like 2015-ish. Oh, interesting. Um, so it was already 10 years old at that point. Mm-hmm. But I was really excited to see it because I remember when the musical came out with Matthew Broderick yeah. and Nathan Lane and it won a record amount of Tonys. Won the most amount of Tonys of all time and still has that record. Yeah, it's wild. And so I was like, oh, this must be incredible. Also, I love Nathan Lane. Me too. I want to actually talk about that. Okay. I like love Nathan Lane. Yeah, <laughs> me too. No, I've loved him forever. In fact, I think I mentioned it on A Funny Thing Happened on the Way to the Forum. I had seen that show on Broadway because of Nathan Lane, except by the time yeah, I actually saw anymore. it, he was done. <laughs> um, but anyway, so he I was super... Won his second Tony Award for that show. Oh, nice. <laughs> he should have all the Tonys. Yeah. But yeah, so I, I was really excited to see the movie. And when I saw it, I was so disappointed. So what's your history with the movie? I saw it in 2005. Okay. So I, um, somewhat like you, I heard... The story history of this show. I am a huge Mel Brooks fan, like mm-hmm. huge, huge, huge. And I think, like the first half of his career as a movie director, is one of my favorite runs of a comedy director. I think he sure. has a bunch of great films. I am the person who stands up for Blazing Saddles and The Young Frankenstein, which come out in the same year, which is crazy. Whoa! And so I and I'd seen the the producers when I was a teenager. I was probably fifteen or sixteen mm-hmm. when I first saw the original. Producers that he made. Right. So I knew it pretty well, and I heard that they had made the musical out of it. Uh, we should probably get into a little bit of the history of the stage show. Oh, sure. <laughs> Just very briefly. Yeah, please. Um, and then really, I was going to go and see it anyways, mm-hmm. because I just really wanted to see it. And it is very odd. It doesn't happen very often when a movie version of a musical happens so quickly after premieres on Broadway. Yes. So I was super excited about it. And weirdly enough... I was working at a bookstore for people in Canada. I was working for chapters at the mm-hmm. time. And it was our Christmas party that we went and saw this. Like, they oh. actually rented a theater and we went and saw the producers. Weird choice, in my opinion. Yeah. 
And I remember most of the people who I were like, this is terrible. Like, they were like leaving the theater, they were so disappointed. I was disappointed on a different level because mm-hmm. I think there is a couple of things that I will praise about the movie, but I was very disappointed too. I'm like, that is what won all these Tony Awards? I'm like, I don't know. I was so baffled by it. Yeah. And I'm glad that uh, I'm on this episode because I think I understand more now why it doesn't work. Oh, great. Okay. I can't wait to hear this because I just feel like, why didn't it work? It should have worked. It should have worked, yeah. Yeah. Um, So uh, I wanted to mention, oh, the thing that I kind of want to mention like right off the top is, to me, one of the things that really doesn't make it work is Matthew Broderick. Yeah. I feel like that man has been phoning it in for 20 years or more. Like, like, have you... There's only one exception for me, but oh, sorry, there's two exceptions for me. Have you ever enjoyed Matthew Broderick in a movie? Well, hmm, good question. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have a, I have a similar gripe with him in on a lot of things. I I do like Ferris Bueller. I do like that movie. And the only other movie that I would like really go like I actually think he does a good performance is Election. Oh, of course, I love Election. Yes. So like those are the two. With the asterisk, I mean, I haven't seen some of his, like, really early stuff when mm-hmm. he first started. But I agree. It's either phoning it in or, like, just way too hammy in a way that just yes. doesn't work on film. Yeah. Hammy that could work on stage. And I think that is part of what is not working in this performance. That was rolling through my head the entire time watching the movie is, oh, this probably would have worked on the stage. Yes. yes. I think Ooh. that is honestly the biggest issue with this movie, just to, like, jump into yeah. what I think doesn't work is that this is um, cast with the two leads, which, to be fair, was probably how this got greenlit in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like People were going to see this show on Broadway because of the two leads. Yeah. And um, you can actually really see that, because once they left after, I think it was a year and a half that they were in the show, or just over a year. It was hardly anything. I was so surprised. Yeah, they like, basically closed within uh... a few months. Like So it was like people were going because Nathan Lane and yeah. Matthew Broderick were in these roles. But because of that, they have done hundreds of performances of this show, mm-hmm. and I think that they are still trying to play it as if they are on stage. And yeah. it just it doesn't work. Because it's no. almost like... They're holding for applause and laugh uh, breaks, and it's yes. like, nope, it's not <laughs> <laughs> And maybe it is just because it's so rote for them, because, mm-hmm. like, they they had come back, right? Like, they left after about a year and a half. Yeah, they came back in it to revive it for, like, a little bit longer, for, like, a few more months. But... Yeah, but that means that they were pretty much still doing it on stage while making the movie. Sure. So yeah. that is a challenge to, like, mm-hmm. be doing this thing over and over and over and over and over the exact same way and then having to do it completely differently for yeah. film. And also, the, the the unfortunate part about this, too, is that the director of the movie is the same director of the Broadway show. So yeah. Susan Stroman, who is actually very much revered on Broadway. Oh, she my gosh. She's done some amazing, amazing work. And this was kind of supposed to be her launching pad into being a film director, and it yeah. did not really work out. No, it made me really sad when I saw that, that um, this is the only film she directed. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, she has a great Broadway career, so good on her for that. Um, but I imagine that, yes, this was intended to be kind of a starting point for her. Um, okay, well, so the box office for the movie yeah. uh, was interesting. It not cost good. $45 million. That was the budget. And it made $38.1 million worldwide. Yeah, like this, so. was, this would have been considered a bomb, a pretty big bomb. Absolutely. Uh, and, and a shocking bomb because of 
the Broadway aspect of it. Yeah, I was looking into it again. 2005 is slightly different than like box office now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can really tell in the second weekend. Like it, it okay. opens up like lower than probably what expectations were, but could have probably had it had good word of mouth, probably gotten to 80 million. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like the reviews and like the word of mouth was just so bad for this movie. Like it just, just tanked it like that second weekend. It's, it's really, I mean, it's unfortunate that it tanked, but I see why it tanked. Like mm. if it was a different movie, it probably could have done I a little better. Look it up. Did you see what the, what they got, like what Matthew Broderick and Nathan Lane got? No, I didn't. I didn't it, seek that out specifically, but it, it didn't come up. I only bring that up because I have to imagine this is me being a little bit mean. Because <laughs> this doesn't look like a forty-five million dollar movie. No kidding. So I think they had to have gone to their wages or their salaries. Yeah, it must. Yeah, because and that's the other thing too is like. I'm surprised it didn't do better in the first weekend because I would have thought people would be like rushing to see yeah. them. But yeah, I'm sure the majority of that is theirs. So, you know, good for them. Yeah. I mean, yeah, if you can, if you can negotiate a good deal, do it, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so do you have a synopsis of the movie? Oh, I do. Let me open it up here. Sure. I uh, tried to keep this to a hundred words. But we'll see. <laughs> awesome. So I wrote uh, the producers is about a feeling Broadway producer Max Bialystuk, played by Nathan Lane, and his very timid accountant, played uh, Leo Bloom, played by Matthew Broderick, who hatch a scheme to create the worst musical ever and profit from its inevitable failure. This is because Leo discovers that in the right circumstance, if you could close a show on the first night. And you don't have to pay the backers. You can walk away with the remainder of the money. Uh, they eventually select this show called Springtime for Hitler, which is a love letter to both Nazis and specifically Hitler, uh, as this thing that has to flop. There's no way they can succeed. However, it backfires when the flamboyant director-turned-actor Roger Debris turns the production into a comedic success. Uh, of course, based on the Mel Brooks classic, as well as the hit Broadway smash, and it involves a lot of supposed silliness plus singing and dancing. <laughs> Fantastic. I have to say, when I was watching it uh, last week, I was surprised because I forgot Will Ferrell was in this. <laughs> I know. I was like, oh, this is like early Will Ferrell. Yeah, <laughs> like, big time. Forgot. Yeah. I mean, I thought he did his thing well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's not act. Like, um, I will say, like, the vast majority of the people in this are the original Broadway cast yes. members. The two big ones that aren't are the Will Ferrell, basically, like, um, can't, well, I was going to say cameo, but it's not really. It's a supporting actor. Yeah. And then the, the Uma Thurman. Right. Um, to not bring the original actress from Broadway either. But otherwise, it's, like, yeah. all the original Broadway cast. For Uma Thurman, I a lot of times I kind of scroll through IMDb trivia, mm-hmm. which is user-submitted. And one thing I thought was really funny, because, like, they definitely threw in some shade, was uh, somebody said that, uh, Uma Thurman is of Swedish descent, so it's surprising that her accent is so terrible. Yeah, it is a pretty bad accent. Yeah. Um, I also did want to mention, because to me this is also kind of throwing shade, but it was on Wikipedia, which they typically try to remain pretty neutral. Yeah, yeah. But in the literal description, the first paragraph on Wikipedia of this movie, it says, the humor of the producers draws on exaggerated accents, caricatures of Jews, gay people, and not Nazis, which perfectly encapsulates why this doesn't work for me. Like, it's, oh, weird. That, so that part was oh, <laughs> the last part was me. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. But like when it like it literally just says that the humor is based on this, which is really yeah. 
awfully outdated. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, it I was think, tough. I think, see, this is the hard part, too, because I don't disagree. I don't disagree that it is a dated show. And weirdly, like, even though this the Broadway show debuts in 2001, um, which, sidebar, in my own personal opinion, this is not an original thought by any stretch of the imagination. <laughs> it's what a lot of historians and, like, people even at the time believed, which is, like, you know, September 11th happens. Uh-huh. We don't even know if Broadway's coming back. They shut everything down, of course, for yeah. a few weeks. And this show comes back and kind of, quote, unquote, saves Broadway. Like, it just pulled in so many people. Okay. But I think it's, like, people just wanted to laugh at something, right? That's fair. And I think, again, at the time, it works. Yeah. Um, yes, the humor is super dated. Uh-huh. Uh, my question is then, because I also rewatched the original, the Mel Brooks yes. film. Oh, you watched it recently? Yes, I watched it first. Oh, and great. then I watched I this, like, literally that. the night after. Okay. And... There's a summer thing where it's like, okay, there is absolutely jokes in here that are pretty dated. Mm-hmm. But I'm laughing in the original at certain things that happen when I'm not laughing in the new one. Because yeah. I think they're trying to like, I don't know, they go a little bit further. It's like, it was fine. The first joke was fine. You don't have to like keep oh, going yes. uh, with this sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, I'm, or I think maybe too, like a movie from 1968, I give a, li- a, f- a little bit more leeway. Yeah, than understandably. A movie from 2005. Absolutely, we yeah. supposedly knew better in 2005. Sure. <laughs> um, okay, well, uh, shall we dive into the recasting? Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay, sure. I'll let you recast first, mm-hmm. but I do want to mention, like, this was on my list of movies I'd like to get to at some point for recasting. Oh, sure. Uh, because of Matthew Broderick. I didn't really want to recast Nathan Lane because he's great. But at the same time, it's kind of fun to think of him, of them as a pair. As a pair. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so yeah, when you said, yes, let's recast Nathan Lane, I said, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. in. <laughs> so the thing about it is this, is that for this um, musical, right, we have to have someone that can at least hold a tune. That's kind of what, <laughs> what I was looking for. Yeah. And the characters that Matthew Broderick was playing is a very is a type that you're that you're looking for and can um, do like nervous and frenetic a little bit, mm-hmm. um, but supposedly also be lovable at the same time. I have learned that this is much more of a divisive thing I'm about to say because there's a lot of people who don't like him. Oh, okay. But I am I've been a number one fan for years and years and years. Uh, which is Martin Short. I oh. think Martin Short could yeah. have worked in this role. Yeah. He could have handed up um, in, in a way they think is appropriate for the material mm-hmm. uh, uh, really, really well. Yeah, I love that. And I totally agree. And perhaps you know, he mm-hmm. was initially like supposed to be Leo Bloom on stage. Yeah, he was supposed <laughs> to be the original. And I think he did actually play the character in California. Los yeah, or yeah. Something like that. Absolutely. But for the movie, I could have seen them casting him as well. Totally. Um, do you want me to see the Nathan Lane as well, or do you want to wait on that? Sure, because we're pairing them. Okay. Let's go for it. So, again, I was looking at the time, and I was like, oh, you know what? It would actually make a whole lot of sense. Uh, again, the part of it is supposed to be, like, the um, the visual difference between the two characters. Okay. I was like, and again, someone who can somewhat sing. <laughs> so I thought John Goodman would actually be a really great Max Bialystok. Huh. 
Um, I don't know if I've heard him sing. Well, he I, he has sung in Monsters Inc. That's the, the oh, okay. only time I remember him singing. I don't think he's a great singer. Um, I yeah. the tune, so okay. I think they could have worked around. Yeah. That. Oh, he's such a good actor too. Great. Yeah, that, I like that. He's my answer, by the way. Uh, John Goodman is of um, the the list of actors who have never been nominated for an Academy Award before. It's like, oh. how has this guy not been? For all like the Coen Brothers stuff that he's done, for all like the other stuff that he's done, it's like you're thinking once this would have had a, a nomination thrown. He certainly has deserved it more than once. Yeah. Wow, that's upsetting. <laughs> um, okay, so I ended up. I guess I'm like indecisive because I ended up with two of each. So my first thought when you started describing what Leo Bloom should be, mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, we picked the same person. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because absolutely, like it's someone who can sing, it's someone who can play nervous, frenetic, yeah. but also is lovable. Yeah. And uh, I landed on Keegan Michael Key. Oh, fun. Yes. Now, the one problem I will say is uh, at that point in 2005, he was not well known. No, he was not at all. He was on Mad TV. He had joined Mad TV in 2004, but that's it. <laughs> when did Key and Peele start? Key and Peele, I think, was 2009, I want to okay, say. Okay, yeah, so later into the 2000s, okay. Yeah, I believe so. Um, but yeah, he's proved himself to be really, I mean, obviously he's a good singer. We've seen him in yeah. Schmigadoon and uh, Jingle Jangle and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, Willy Wonka just recently. Like, oh, he's okay. been in so many musicals in like the last five years. It's exactly. Crazy. And he's really talented he and he's really lovable. How can you not love yeah. Keegan-Michael Key? <laughs> but um, the other thing too about him is that, I don't know if you've seen the show Reboot? No, I haven't. It was uh, kind of short-lived. The... No, <laughs> that's what I love. Canadians are going to always go to that. No, there was um, a like fairly short-lived, uh, and maybe it's still coming back, uh, sitcom, but like multicam sitcom that is about a, the reboot of a like '90s sitcom. Oh, that's so cool. okay, gotcha. <laughs> yeah, and he's one of the leads, and his character in that is really kind of like. That, like, nerdy, nervous, like, to me, and I watched that recently, he popped into my head immediately. Because Mm -hmm. just watching Matthew Broderick, like, try and work his way through that, I was like, yeah, Keegan-Michael, he could do that. (laughs) Um, So he's my first pick. And um, I matched him with... See, now this part, mm, (laughs) I think you're going to disagree with me, but (laughs) um, with Hank Azaria. Oh, interesting. Okay. Yeah. So in terms of the physicality, like... Yeah, one is taller and, and the other yeah. one's not. But, like, you don't have that same difference in physicality right, that you right. get in most of the producer's pairings. But um, I do like that he would have been, like, how many years? Like, almost 10 years older than him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it feels like he'd be able to have that kind of, like, mentor role. Um, also, I believe Hank Azaria can sing. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I don't know. I just I felt like I could see he would give max a slightly different vibe Mm -hmm. but i still feel like he could do it and i no offense to nathan lane because i love him but i would believe hank azaria charming all these old ladies yeah i can see that i can see that yeah um so yeah that's my first pairing and then the second one i'll go through faster but it was matthew morrison the teacher on glee Glee, yeah Yeah. now he had been on broadway a lot at that point yeah Absolutely. But um, in terms, like, he was even lesser known than oh, Keegan-Michael yeah. Key. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so in terms of this movie actually trying to make money, my For versions sure. would not do that. <laughs> well, that's the thing, too, is, like, there's other... The only other person for Leo Bloom, he would have been a bit too old, I think. Or look too old, mm-hmm. I guess, for the part. Because I think he's probably the same age as Martin Short. 
but it was Billy Crystal. I could see Billy Crystal okay. stepping in for that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I actually had the hardest time with like the Nathan Lane role. Like, who else would I cast? Yeah, it is <laughs> tough. That's why I went with yeah. like somebody really different. Now, uh, who I matched with Matthew Morrison for Max Bialystok is Jason Alexander. Oh, that's a smart choice. Yeah, yeah. And he can also sing. He was on Broadway. He can sing. He he has a little bit more of the physicality that, you know, people expect for Max. And um, he's funny. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I just, I thought that he, and I like, I could just kind of picture that, even though I've never seen them work together. Right. Um, I feel like I could picture them playing off one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, I like that. Yeah, I, um, Jason Alexander specifically is actually really really great at singing and I yeah. don't think many people know that if you only know him as George Costanza I know. but he has actually a pretty great singing range yeah well and he's done a lot of Sondheim no he was in an original Broadway um well, talking about flops actually he was yeah. in this infamous flop called Merrily We Roll Along he was mm-hmm. in the original Broadway cast it lasted 14 performances before it closed that's it like it's bombed bombed however I will say that that show specifically Merrily We Roll Along, Roll Along has had this enormous like second life because no one went and saw it, obviously. Critics mm-hmm. hated it at the time. But there was this core group who loved this show. And it wildly got a cast recording. When oh, wow. Flops usually do not. Like, it got a cast recording. <laughs> the revival that just opened up on Broadway here three or four months ago is making, like, one to two million dollars a week. It is, like, crushing it. <laughs> So this flop came back and had this like huge second life on Broadway. Okay. So have you had the opportunity to see that play in its entirety? Uh, I've seen recordings of it. So I've never sat in the audience and watched it, but I have seen um, professional recordings of that show. And is it good? (laughs) This is is maybe... uh, Some people are going to get mad at me. (laughs) I think that the score, the the actual songs... um, and lyrics are among Sondheim's best. I fundamentally don't think that show actually works. Mm. I actually think that there is a reason why it flopped originally. <laughs> it is a show that you kind of have to really, in my opinion, have to see twice to really fully understand what it's even doing. Because it's running backwards. That's the whole conceit oh. of it. You start at the end of the show, and it runs to the beginning of the oh, show. Oh, interesting. So it's told it completely in reverse. Are you told that before you go in? I don't know if you were in the original cast. People going now kind of know that. Oh, but okay, like, okay. But yeah, like, so you start with the ending scene Whoa. and you start with like them fresh faced and like full of like, we're going to do so much in our lives. So I think it takes you like partway through the show that I kind of get what's going on. Okay. And secondly to that, um, the biggest hurdle is that the arc is this one guy who starts off as like this idealistic youth wanting to create great art, ends up being like just the biggest asshole and oh, like no. <laughs> only doing stuff for money. So you spend time with this guy who's a jerk for like yeah. 30 minutes before it's like, okay, I see what's what's happening. But it's like, you're still spending time with a jerk for 30 minutes. And also then it's tough to redeem him, yeah. no? Like by it the It is. End. Wildly again, I, this, <laughs> this show is like the show that is continually like people want to try and adapt. Uh, Richard Linkletter, who you know, people know from like Boyhood and the before trilogy, who loves to work with time, mm-hmm. is doing an adaptation of Merrily mm-hmm. Rolling and filming it over 20 years. Oh, that's what it is. Okay, I heard he was doing a movie over 20 years, but I this didn't know it was Merrily We Roll. So he's filming like a few minutes every every year for the next 20 years. So and then... See the actor actually, and then he'll reverse it. Whoa. Okay, I mean, I'll pretty much go see anything Richard Linklater mm-hmm. does. <laughs> okay, it is, so. Yeah. Oh, that's very cool. Um, okay, so I did want to mention, uh, yeah, the stage musical opened at St. James Theater. Mm-hmm which is where I saw a funny thing happen on the way to the forum, (laughs) on uh, April 19th, 2001. 
Um, so, and then it ran for 2,502 performances until 2007. So that's like the entire, entire run. Um, it is the 28th longest running Broadway musical. (laughs) So not too bad. Um, and it does hold the record for the most, uh, Tony Award wins, which is 12. Um, so, oh, so here's something I read that probably will play into the film question that you asked, which is, uh, so Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick left after a year and then they returned in 2004 as the highest paid Broadway performers in history. Yeah. Well, so like, this is another thing <laughs> that the producers did, which has like this double edged sword. So yes, like comes in, saves Broadway. I forgot. I think it's the first Broadway show ever to sell tickets for a hundred dollars. That's not a lot, which is now not a lot. Of yeah. That. But like, wow. then it was like astronomically expensive. So like people were like hundred dollars for a Broadway. And now I'm not even joking. It's like $300 to see some Broadway shows. I'm like, no, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not spending that much money to go and see this. And I, I heard Hamilton was like 500 Yeah, so like basically the the producers walked so Hamilton could run. Because yeah, yeah. you're talking like five $600 Hamilton was able to sell tickets for. On, on the low end. Yeah. So like <laughs> and I have my own feelings. I think that's negative. For, of course. To make things accessible for people to go and watch. Like, yeah. I get that shows are expensive, but like, mm-hmm. that's really expensive yeah i mean you're you're pricing out giant amounts of the population yeah absolutely that's not cool um okay so i wrote down a bunch of stuff about susan stroman but i I will just say like that she directed the play which was super successful so it does make sense that she would get to direct the film and i don't like watching the movie i don't think the direction is the problem I don't think so either. Like, I, I wouldn't say, like, it's amazing direction either. But that is not what the issue is. It really yeah. is the performances, I think, primarily. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, because the one aspect that I have to say that I was a big fan of is I do think that she gets the feel of, like, those old 1940s musicals. Mm-hmm. Really, uh, like, um, really well orchestrated. Um, there's a couple times where, like... In like an imagination, they're up on the stairways with the big chorus girls, and they're doing like their high kicks and all yeah. that kind of stuff. The stuff that I love, by the way, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. Because so <laughs> um, that's kind of my criticism for a lot of modern musical films, which is they don't capture dancing really well, right? <laughs> um, yeah. And this at least was able to know we're actually watch the actual choreography and mm-hmm. what's happening. That was my issue with the TV show Glee. Yes. The cuts were so fast that you couldn't actually see if Ever. they could dance. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, she's super, um, what's the word? Decorated. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, she also did the choreography for this and she has five Tonys. Yeah, she's won a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so she did win um, as a director for the producers on Broadway and then she's won four as a choreographer as well, which mm. is just fantastic. Nathan Lane won the Tony for this role, mm-hmm. beating out Matthew, Matthew Broderick, Broderick. <laughs> which, yeah, I thought was funny. They hosted the Tonys that year. Oh, no way. Yeah, what were, a weird choice. I know. That's happened a few times in, in the Tony Awards mm. where they actually get one of the nominees to be the host. But, yeah, they were co-hosts that year. Yeah. And, like, they're both waiting in the wings and they call Nathan Lane's name and oh he comes gosh. and it. <laughs> um, yeah. What was interesting about, like, this record-setting win, uh, these record-setting wins for um, the Tonys that year is... The producers won for every category they were nominated in. Yeah. And so they won 12, but they were nominated for 15, 15? I think. Yeah. Because yeah, they doubled up in some. Exactly. Categories. So, like, lead actor was 
two of them competing against one another and then supporting actor and I think feature as well. Right. Um, and so like it was impossible for them to win literally everything. <laughs> Unless they tied somehow. That would be crazy <laughs> things. <they> tied. <laughs> that would be interesting. <laughs> oh, the other thing I did want to mention was that uh, with Martin Short, when he did the LA run as Leo Bloom, he was opposite Jason Alexander as oh, Max Bielestad. Oh, I didn't actually know that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that until after I had picked him, but I thought that was kind of fun. And oh my gosh, Nathan Lane shaved the top of his head to create the comb over. That's hilarious. Yes. I actually, that's so funny. Well, Couldn't this, believe it. The, the, again, the, <laughs> um, the connection here is that this was the second time he did a famous Zero Mostel role, right? Okay, yes. Because he did the funny thing happen on the way to the forum, which was Zero Mostel's um, kind of... Uh, come back so to speak on the Broadway after being blacklisted oh, okay. they needed the producers for Mel Brooks which is come back to movies mm-hmm. uh, so he did those two okay. in fact because he, Nathan Lane had gotten such a big reaction to his uh, funny thing ha- happened on the way to the forum performance and then this one there was another musical he was offered oh he was offered uh, the role of um, Tevya in Fiddler on the Roof or the revival of Fiddler on the Roof he's like I can't do three Zero uh, Mostel roles. Of course. I, just, I just can't. You know, I'd love to do that role. I just can't do three of them. Wow. I don't know that I could. I mean, he, I'm sure he would do a great job, yeah. but I can't picture it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's funny, though. Oh, and then uh, Nathan Lane and Matthew Broderick's Hollywood Walk of Fame stars are next to each oh, other. Nice. Yeah, they seem to be like very good friends. Yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. And the last thing I want to mention before we go on to the other section is Tony Danza took on the role of Max Bialystok December 19th, 2006 in New York on Broadway. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. That's so fun. I know. That's crazy. <laughs> I had to mention that one. The ratings for the movie are what you'd expect. (laughs) On IMDb, it has a 52% from 37 critics. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has a 51% from 155 reviewers. Very rarely do Rotten Tomatoes and IMDb line up so perfectly. It doesn't happen all the time. No, not at all. But everybody agrees on the, the middling level of this movie, unfortunately. So before we actually move on to our final segment, I wanted to do something that I don't typically do, but... As you mentioned off the top, mm-hmm. the producers was a movie, mm-hmm. then it was a stage musical, and then it was a movie musical. Yeah, yeah. And there's a handful of films that I could find that have done that. Can you name any? Well, one that just happened was Mean Girls. Of course. Yep. I know there's another one. Oh, sorry I'm... to put you on the spot. I know. <laughs> um, but I'm going to blank on them right now. Uh, there's, yeah, there's a handful of them, I know. Yeah, there's a few. There's another one that's relatively new as well. So the movie came out in 1985. Then the musical was 2005. Mm-hmm. And then the movie was 2023. 2023. Uh, oh, gosh. <laughs> I, don't, well, I don't know. The Color Purple. Of course, the color purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I Um, haven't seen that, unfortunately. I've not seen the new one yet. I've seen the original color purple. I've read the book, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, The, oh gosh, there's another one that just came to my mind. Nope. Oh, (laughs) no. Just lost it again. (laughs) Well, there's another one also based on a book. Oh, Victor Victoria, right? Isn't it Victor Victoria? (gasps) Ooh, I didn't catch that one. But yeah, probably. Is the original movie not a musical? 
Um, no, it's like this German oh. film, and they made a musical, and then they made a movie. I don't, I don't know what the order it came in, but okay, that cool, might work. that's awesome. So the, the, there's another one that was based on a book, but the the first movie was like from 1917. But there's been many, oh, many, yeah, there's been many iterations. There's a famous one from 1952. The musical was in 1980, and I think it's still going today. Like it's one of the okay. longest running. Um, and then the mo- movie musical was in 2012. Are we talking Phantom of the Opera? No, but it's similar vein. Okay. Uh, oh, Phantom might be one as well, actually. No, I, actually, was might there? actually, it might yeah. actually be. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Play Miz? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so that one was, uh, like, because there's old versions of the movie, that counts. Um, but then the ones that are my favorite would be Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, yes, of course. <laughs> That's, like, the obvious one, yeah. Um, and Hairspray. Yes, Okay, cool. Yeah. My favorite other, like, subcategory, to my knowledge, has only happened twice. But I would love people to write in it and tell me there's <laughs> other ones, which is this. So, an original musical. Okay. It gets put out on Broadway or wherever. gets adapted into a movie version. Mm-hmm. And then that movie version gets so popular that there is a sequel movie <laughs> to that. Ah. That is not, like, a, a musical already that they're doing. So it's stage musical movie sequel. Yeah. Do you huh. think of the two that I know for sure? <laughs> With sequels. Mm. Hmm. Are the sequels musicals? Yes. And are they Disney type stuff or no? No. I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not even counting Disney okay. stuff. Okay. I didn't either. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I'm stumped. So the first one to do it, the sequel's not very good, um, it is Grease, because there is Grease 2. Oh, of course. <laughs> and the one that just happened is Mamma Mia 2. Oh, that started off as a stage play, of course. Yeah, starts as a stage play, yeah. it's a movie, and then he did a sequel to that movie. See, the I problem, might get a third one I've been hearing, so. I've heard that too. Yeah. The problem is I have I don't like either of those sequels. <laughs> sure, sure. So I yeah. forgot. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, it's time for our final segment. Hold me close, young Tony Danza. It's time for Hold Me Close, Young Tony Danza, the segment where we cast Tony Danza into one of the roles in this movie. This one was super easy for me today, but I don't know about you. Where did you decide to put Tony? Well, I don't know. I I guess I did not look at it as a um, uh, putting him into as a like uh, one of the featured uh, roles. Okay. I thought that if he was going to be cast in this movie, he would have been had a lot of fun. Hamming it up in the John Lovitz role that shows up for like five minutes. He's oh. the boss of Leo <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Type of thing. I could picture I, that. I thought he would be fun. Yeah. In that role. Oh, I like that a lot. Well, I'm not going to lie. I was influenced by real life. When I saw that he played Max Bialystok yeah. on Broadway, I said he should have been Max Bialystok in the movie too. <laughs> Why not? Um, yeah. Has he been in a musical? Like, obviously, it's a, a Broadway, movie musical? but a movie musical? No, I think they're wasting his talents. No, <laughs> I thought he was going to have like a huge resurgence here a few years ago because he was in like yeah. a couple of like highly acclaimed movies yeah. and like in TV shows. I'm like, oh, this is like the second coming of Tony Danza. <laughs> I thought so too. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, when he then got kind of like the lead mm-hmm. for that, which was the Netflix yeah. cop show, yeah, yeah, that went nowhere. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I, I'm still waiting. Yeah, yeah. The Danza songs is coming. <laughs> Um, okay, well, I don't know if you have anything uh, else that you wanted to mention about the producers. The only thing... Oh, so here's a little, some little fun facts. Okay. 
I think it's Gary Beach is the person who plays the um, Roger Debris, yeah. the, the director of Flamboyant and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So he was gay in real life, okay. but tragically, he just passed away here a couple years ago mm-hmm. at seven years old. So he wasn't like super old or anything like that. But mm-hmm. uh, he won the Tony Award that year too for Best uh, Featured Actor. That's what they call supporting actors on Broadway. Okay, yeah. I just wanted to say that I do actually quite like his performance. Yes, it's camp and it's like <laughs> over the top. Yeah. But for some reason, it just works for me the mm-hmm. way that he does it. His boyfriend, or I guess like second in command, is like, I don't know what you call In the movie? In the movie. Yes. Um, whatever. His <laughs> person that helps His right him. hand. Assistant. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> His assistant. Do you know who that is? I was watching the movie and I was like, this guy looks so familiar, but no, I don't. So his name is Roger Bart. Okay. Um, that name probably does not mean much to most people. <laughs> he was also in the original cast of, of the producers. But there's two other reasons why you would probably know him. One, mm-hmm. he was good friends with Jonathan Larson, the creator oh, of Rent. Yeah. Uh, and the character of Roger in Rent is named after him. No! Wow. Secondly, he is the singing voice of Disney's Aladdin, or sorry, of Disney's uh, Hercules. Oh, cool. Yeah, so when you hear oh Hercules my sing... In that movie, it is Roger Bart singing. That's very cool. Wow. Does he sing much in this? I feel like he doesn't Not sing. really. He's been yeah. part of the ensemble, which is too bad because like, he does have a phenomenal voice. Exactly. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so those are the only little two fun facts cool. that I wanted to say. It's too bad. This is kind of a recurring thing. Granted, I never saw this on Broadway or mm-hmm. actually in a live version at all. So maybe it just is one of those things that's dated. It just doesn't hold up. It never will be held up. Yeah. I doubt very much it's ever going to be revived either, to be to be honest with you. It's just yeah. one of those shows that, of its time, yeah. was very popular and is going to be kind of slowly forgotten. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing upsets me more as a musical fan for a show that is good, that I know is very good, but it's a terrible movie version of it. Because yeah. everyone thinks that that is what the show is. I'm like, no, like it is actually good. It just was not conceived properly. Rent, anybody? Rent is one of them. <laughs> Into the Woods Again is another yes. big thing for me because it's like one of my favorite shows. I'm like, oh, this just didn't hit it the way it is. Yeah, please or, come back to recast it because I think yeah, that needs a lot of like work. Like a lot of work. <laughs> um, I do think... Two, though, you really have to conceive stage musicals in a different way when they get converted into a, into a film or adapted into a film. For sure. Um, I am not for, I'm, I'm not as precious as a lot of people is. I am totally fine with pe- like songs getting cut mm-hmm. and things getting um, reduced down, like keeping the good bits, um, changing things up if you need to, or like rearranging things just to make it uh, different. Yeah. Um, I think that's the other big criticism I have of this movie. Yes, it's the performances, but it's like, why is there 20 minutes that you could cut from this show very easily? It's like, we don't need to have a song now. <laughs> we get it. He likes her. We don't need another three minute song. I agree. Yeah. Um, I think I was trying to think of like, what's a good example of a filmed musical mm-hmm. where they like used the medium well. Mm-hmm. And I think Chicago is one. Chicago is like, of the, like of the 2000s, I guess we'll call them, is sure. like the best example, yeah. wildly enough. <laughs> Again, much. same person who directed Into the Woods, which makes me so mad. I don't know how he did so well with Chicago. Wow. Um, Isn't it Rob Reiner? Rob Marshall. Rob Marshall. Right, right, right. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, wow. But uh, yeah, so Chicago, I think, great adaptation. And then there's other ones like that yeah, are very high on my list, like mm-hmm. uh, Cabaret, which very much changes the <gasps> yeah. stage show to become a movie version. Like they really change that show between but i love cabaret yeah i would like to see because i agree i 
what did I see first? I saw the play first. A friend was in it in Toronto and I was like blown away. Yes. And then I saw the movie and I was blown away again. Yeah. But it's so different. It's so different. Yeah. I would love to see a movie version of the original of the, play. Yeah, there's been a lot of people who have said that. Yeah. Like, we love Liza, we love this this show, but like, yeah, let's do like the actual exactly. it's story time. sort of thing. We can do that. <laughs> yeah. Um I'm trying to think of the other big one. Oh, well, I, I'll, I'll say too, you, or you mentioned Little Shop of Horrors, I think does a great oh, adaptation. Also so changes good. the ending from the stage show yes. for the movie, but I think it does a brilliant So job. wait, which one? Uh, because I've seen the movie with both endings. Yes. So what's the ending for the stage show? Do the uh, plants win? Yes, the plants okay. win at the end. Okay. I, so, I like which, that which, ending. Which, interestingly enough, is the only movie version I've seen. Same. Um, or sorry. Lot, no. like, yeah. like, I know on the DVD when I had it, there was like the theatrical ending. Was exactly. Like, yeah, whatever. I'm going to watch the one that I know. Yeah. No, yeah. no. The original ending's so much better. And it's like, um, it's dark, but not not like a bummer. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Like, it's still kind of fun and funny. It's like, yeah. again, in that campy kind of kind of way but yeah um but yeah little shop is one of my favorite films and yeah. shows i really love the film of fiddler too i do too i think fiddler yeah. does a great job and then you have to let people know you're about to watch a three-hour film well but like, of course it's, it's <laughs> <laughs> and then that was norman jewison right it is yeah who just passed away yeah. i know yeah. well thank you so much for coming thank you. do you want to like let people know where they can find you all yes, your I shows i mean definitely um if you want to hear more talk about musicals, specifically song and musicals, but I do talk about other ones occasionally as well. You can go to Putting It Together, uh, that, that the podcast is called. You can also find me on any social media platform, or most social media platforms, uh, <laughs> with at Sondheim Podcast, uh, and then me personally, at the Kyle Marshall. That's going to be where you find most of my stuff. Perfect. So I'll cut this out if I need to, but does that mean you've stopped all other podcasts that you were doing? Basically, yes. Oh. I know. <laughs> uh, Kyle Dave vs. the Machine will be airing its final episode within weeks of this recording. Okay. So you'll, that final episode will be... We've so it might already it. be done Probably. by the time this is released. <laughs> um, but uh, we just recorded that, Dave and I, so that'll be going up at the end of January. Okay, well, go listeners, go back and listen to the back catalog of Kyle oh, yeah. and Dave versus the Machine. Four years of stuff to listen to. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, thank you so much. Next month, we will be doing Pride and Prejudice, the 2005 Kira Knightley version. Mm. So uh, Annalise Bouvier will be joining me. So listen to that in one month. Thank you so much. Bye.